The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the, the money. Are the skies old are sunny. You are through. You've done us wrong. And old man recession, you are through or pandemic, should I say. We believe you are through, you have done us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. Today, we're gonna talk about the jobs report, which blew it out of the water. We're gonna talk about uh, the stock market, uh, investing, social security, protecting your retirement, you name it, we talk about it, and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception because we have a lot of boring financial stuff to talk about. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morayf, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, wow, I feel good. <laughs> and I do. And this uh, and uh, our firm is we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. We work with people who are over fifty, who are retired, retiring soon. And if that is you, then uh, you know what this show is designed for you. Our firm is designed for you. Our website is RPOA. If you go there, you can podcast this show. You can subscribe to it, have it downloaded weekly. You don't even have to go looking for it. You can watch our videos and read our articles, all kinds of stuff about retirement planning. It's all there for you at rpoa.com. And uh, we have two goals. Uh, we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. We want you to relax and enjoy. In fact, we call your retirement your second childhood without parental supervision. And so whatever that means to you, we want to facilitate it and make it happen for you if we can. And so that's what we're all about. So we have a great show lined up for you this week. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, as I mentioned, the jobs numbers came out and blew the numbers out of the water. And you know what? 
It, it always makes me wonder, all these companies with their hundreds of millions of dollars of statistical analysis and all their high-paid analysts and all these economists and all these people that spend their entire life looking at the numbers, the jobs numbers, and then they come out and they miss it by like 250,000 jobs. They're off by a factor of 3x. What is up with that? Do they, what, are they, what are they doing? But anyway, we'll talk about what that means to our investments, what it means to the stock market and all of that. We'll have that in our first segment. Now, also this week, I want to go over with you the seven deadly sins of investing that, that we perceive. Now, you know what? Most, the other, most of the other shows that, uh, you know, they, they might give you five. You know, if you're lucky, maybe six, but we're going to give you seven. We give you the full Monty, ladies and gentlemen, the seven deadly sins of investing. And we think you're probably violating at least one of them. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Now, also, as we do every week, we talk about Social Security since it is probably the most talked about thing that we uh, talk about. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of talking in there with our clients. And uh, so we want to talk about uh, with you strategies to maximize your social security because you know what? Even if you make a decision that costs you uh, uh, you know, $100 a month, that's $1,000 a year, $1,200. Over 30 years of life, that's $30,000 or plus dollars you've left on the table. Small decisions can make big, big impact. So we want to help you with that. Also, we want to talk about why buy and hold could make you poor. Now, you know, the traditional method that or strategy that you may have heard is you buy a good basket of investments, um, you periodically rebalance, and uh, you buy and hold through thick and thin, and everything will take care of itself, and you just go to the islands and sit in a hammock and sip a mint julep. Well, I'm going to tell you that uh, why we think that just buying and holding through thick and thin could make you poor if you are retired. And we want to show you why we think that is such a terrible idea and how risky it is. So we'll have that for you. And you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, hey, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. (laughs) But on this show, do we stop right there? Heck no, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we are going to have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk, you know, normally we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. But this week, we're going to leave the greedy, unwashed uh, out of the picture. We're going to talk about your spouse. And we're going to talk about why leaving everything to your spouse after you are gone could be a big mistake. What? But I want to leave everything to my spouse. Well, we're going to tell you why that could be a big mistake and how you should do it instead. Okay, so we'll talk about that at about 10 till. So we have a fantastic show lined up for you. And I hope you will stay tuned for the entire program. I want to give you a kind of a a story here, a personal story. To my middle daughter, Aubrey, is an aspiring Pulitzer Prize winning author. Okay, she wants to write the, the next American novel, um, and, great American novel. And so she uh, is writing a story uh, that takes place in Hawaii. And so, and uh, she actually did some schooling where she was a, a volunteer teacher 
uh, in Hawaii, and she did that with the, the underprivileged school districts. So she loves Hawaii, and while she was there, she got this idea of writing a story about a, uh, a, a young girl and how she grows up in Hawaii uh, without a father. And so she's over there now, and she's staying in a, gosh, the name just escaped me. I'm sorry. But it's basically like a, like a, a, a tent <laughs> with a bed in it. Okay, it's like, it's like very uh, primitive, very uh, low rent. So she's over there for a couple of weeks uh, to study up on more for her book. So we're all hoping for her Pulitzer Prize. We'll keep you posted on how she does with that. But anyway, let's talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. And Jack, I need you to keep track of time for me because I lost my timer. So if you could do that, I would appreciate it. So let's talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. The jobs number came in at three times what the economists that get paid all these millions of dollars came up with. It all, I always marvel at how off people can be on the jobs numbers, but be that as it may, let's talk about what it means to us. So as we've been chronicling for you over the last several months, we believe the economy is continuing to heal and we believe it's continuing to heal at an increasing pace. And these numbers reflect that. People are going back to work. The jobs numbers are becoming very, very good. And so, therefore, that bodes well. Now, the market is going to not be unhappy in the short run about it. Do you know why? Well, because if the jobs numbers are really hot, guess what the Fed's going to do? They're going to raise interest rates maybe faster than they said they would. And oh my gosh, we can't have interest rates go up. That's terrible. So the Federal Reserve basically is going to come to the party where everybody was drinking out of the bowl, the punch bowl of low interest rates, and they're going to take the punch bowl away. And that's not something that makes investors happy. However, remember, if you look at bull markets, Almost all of them had rising interest rates happening at the same time. So it's kind of a weird dichotomy where investors don't want rising interest rates. Don't do that. But hey, every time, almost every time we've had a bull market, we've had rising interest rates. So maybe we should want rising interest rates. Why? Because if the Fed's raising interest rates, why are they doing it? Because the economy's heating up. Profits are heating up. People are have, have jobs. It's a good thing. So in the short run, once again, as we've been telling you, expect lots of volatility because we're entering a phase that we haven't been in in probably a decade or longer where the Fed is raising interest rates in a period of uh, a growing economy that's uh, accelerating and has inflation. So all of those things we think bode well. Now, having said all of that, it could be that we, the, the Federal Reserve, the, the biggest risk we have, and by the way, I want to share a statistic with you that's really sad. One of the reasons why the, the, there's a two numbers in the jobs numbers that, that uh, we, like, we look at. One is the unemployment rate, but we discount that one. We don't think it has any value. The real one we look at is what's called the labor participation rate. And the labor participation rate tells you of the people who are able to work, who are within the, the ages of working, how, what percentage of those people are, are working. And that number went up. But the reason why it went up is sad. And the reason is, is because a lot of people have died from COVID, older people who are still in that age bracket that would be working. And so it's not that there are more people that went to work. It's that the denominator or the, rather the numerator became smaller. And when that numerator becomes smaller, the percentage number goes up. And uh, I'm sorry, the denominator went, it became smaller. So that's, that's, uh, it's sad, uh, but it's a fact. And so kind of a 
interesting but not fun thing to report to you. What does it all mean? Well, we believe that we're going to see Dow 40,000, uh, as we said at the beginning of this year with our fearless forecast. But of course, we could be wrong. We don't have a crystal ball. And therefore, it is extremely important in our view that if you are within five years of retirement or you are uh, in the first five years of your retirement, that you have a plan to protect what you spent your lifetime accumulating. This notion that you just buy and hold, as I'll talk about later in the show, is very, very dangerous if you're in that 10-year period in our, in our view. So having a strategy to protect, to diversify, and to manage your cash flow, to have a retirement plan that you, to, with the objective of your money lasting as long as you do and not growth with high risk, you know, as we always say, we're not here to make you rich quick. We're here to keep you from becoming poor. So go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And when you're there, you can, you have several options. One is you can attend one of our seminars. We have seminars on retirement planning, on maximizing social security and, and, and other topics. We, you can also podcast a show. You can read articles. You can sign up. You can visit with one of our retirement planners. We have lots of resources to help you to have a successful retirement. So go to our website. It's rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the seven deadly sins of investing. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayth. So what that means is, is that we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. We work with people. (laughs) Yes, we work with people who are over 50, who are retired, retiring soon. And, you know, contemplating your retirement, contemplating uh, going out and enjoying your second childhood without parental supervision. That's got to be just wonderful. And I'm, I'm so excited for everybody that we get to work with. And uh, we have two goals. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And so if we can accomplish those two things, then we think we've done a good thing. And our website is rpoa.com. If you go there, you'll find uh, articles, podcasts, videos, all kinds of good stuff to educate you and make you a better consumer when it comes to retirement planning. So go there. RPOA.com is the website. Now, I want to talk with you about what we perceive to be the seven deadly sins of investing. Ooh, that sounds scary, doesn't it? Well, let me go over them with you because violating these could cost you uh, a lot of money. Uh, but more importantly, it could cost you the peace of mind we want you to have, and it could cost you having your money last as long as you do, which is what we also want. And, you know, I'll tell you something funny about that, uh, money lasting as long as you do. Um, we surveyed our clients uh, maybe about five years ago, and we asked them, do you want your money to outlast you, you know, to, to have, you know, to leave a big inheritance, or do you want your money to last as long as you do? And what was funny was that 69% said, oh, you know what? After I'm gone, they can fend for themselves. My job, my work here is done. (laughs) I educated them. I raised them. Uh, You know, this is me now. This is my time. And so that's why it's we want your money to last as long as you do. And then if if there's nothing left after that, well, so be it. Anyway, so... uh, Let's talk about the seven deadly sins. So first of the first I do not dispute it. I merely state that it is wrong. <laughs> oh, you found a Spock drop. Nice. I like it. So let's talk about something that Mr. Spock does not do. And that is he does not show emotion. Although there was uh, one episode where he did. Uh, but Mr. Spock does not. Yeah, I'm a Trekkie. Uh, so the first of the deadly sins is emotion. 
emotion is should not be in the equation when you're investing. All right, you shouldn't buy because you're all excited. You shouldn't sell because you're all excited. Those should not be what drives your decision making. You should. This is a business decision when you're buying, when you're selling. The second deadly sin is disorganization. All right, and what I mean by that is, you know, we, we meet a lot of people when they come in to visit with us. We, if you were to come in uh, and visit with us with one of our retirement planners, one of the first things we want to do is get you organized. Um, we want to know where all your stuff is and where it is and how it's held and how it's titled. Is it an IRA, an annuity? Do you have it joint tenants? Do you have it, uh, you know, tenants in common and all that kind of so, and what we find and, and disorganization can cause you to not be able to act quickly. It can cause you to, uh, you know, be confused when it comes time to make decisions and having all this stuff, you know, a lot of times we, we find what people have, we call what people have is a junk drawer of investments. You know, over the years, they've just accumulated stuff and they've thrown it in the junk drawer and then you open it up and dump it on the counter and wow, look at all that stuff. So cleaning it up, getting it organized, very important. The third one is myopia. Myopia means that you don't see the big picture. Okay, you're just you're just focused in. You're zoomed in. So you might be zoomed in right now on Facebook that was down, you know, massively. Oh my gosh! So you 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 don't see the forest for the trees. Make sure you always have both. Okay, you want you want to be myopic. Yes, you want to look at your specific investments, but you want to back up and look at the big picture as well. The other thing, uh, the other deadly sin, the fourth one is impatience. And uh, that's where people cannot wait. You either can't wait to sell, you can't wait to buy, you can't wait to do stuff. You're just impatient. And impatient is a form of emotion, but it's, it's different. So don't be impatient. You know, sometimes waiting is a good thing. The, third, the fifth one is uh, greed. And, you know, despite what Michael Douglas said in that movie years ago, greed is not good. If you, if you, when you get greedy, you know, uh, 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 Warren Buffett once said that he has never he has never lost money when he sold an investment and left money on the table. Think about that. He's always made I should say he's always made money when he sold an investment and left money on the table. Meaning it went up, it went up after he sold, but every time that's happened, he says he had made money when he did sell. So think about that one. So don't be greedy. Don't try to squeeze every drop out of the orange because it could go down from there and you could lose. Arrogance. This is where you think you know everything. Does anybody know anybody that thinks they know everything? They think they're like the most you know, skilled investor. Let me tell you, even the most skilled investor who's done it for years and years and years, you cannot allow yourself to become arrogant and think you're smart. You're not. Anytime you do that, the market will prove to you that you're not that smart. Okay, so be, be careful. And then the opposite of arrogance, I think, uh, is, uh, or, or maybe not, but cowardice. This is where you're so freaking scared that you don't want to do anything. You know, I've, I've met people that sold in 2008 because they were freaked out. They never bought back. They're just sitting in cash for the last 12 or 13 years. No, you can't be a coward either. You can't be overly brave and you can't be overly cowardly. You got to be, you know, you got to have, as I said, it's got to be a business decision what you're doing and how the risk you take is dependent on that. So, what we want to do is uh, encourage you to go to our website 
And if you go to our website, what you'll find is, is that we have articles, we have podcasts, we have videos that will help you to understand diversification, will help you to understand how to organize yourself. And in fact, we'd love to help you with all of the things I just described. So if you go to our website, click on Meet with an Advisor. And if you do that, then we'll schedule a time to visit with you and we'll do it virtually or in person, whichever you prefer. And uh, what we want to do is essentially have you bring your junk drawer to us, dump it out on the counter. Let's get you organized. Let's figure out what your cash flow is. Let's figure out if you're ready to retire or if you can sustain your retirement if you're already there. Let's help you with your social security decisions. Let's look at when and how to take social security. Let's look at uh, you know how to do your estate planning, how to look at your income taxes, review your insurance with you. We want to do all of that with you at no charge or obligation. If we can help you, that is fantastic. And if we cannot, that's fine too. Either way, there is no charge, there's no obligation, and we will part friends. I don't know how to say I thank you, except I thank you. Well, Frankie, you are welcome. So, ladies and gentlemen, take advantage of that. We're here to help you, but we can't help you if you don't (laughs) help us to help you. So, our website is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about strategies to maximize your Social Security benefits, because if you don't do it properly, you could leave tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. So, stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. Now, one of the biggest topics that we talk about with our clients uh, is Social Security. And planning for Social Security, we think, is one of the biggest jobs that we can help with because literally, if you do it wrong, you could leave tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table over the course of your lifetime. And we don't want that. So every week at this time, we, we, uh, uh, during this part of the show, we talk about strategies to maximize your Social Security. So this week, uh, and, and you guys help me out by sending me your questions, and so send me your questions and help me to do the show. And I don't have to write it. I can just answer them. My email address is uh, ken at rpoa.com. So let me start off with this one. Um, so this one is, um, I'm uh, taking Social Security benefits, and I'm 63. I just found out about the earnings test after I started collecting. Do I have to contact Social Security Administration about the withholding? And also, I make six figures, and all of my Social Security might be subject to the earnings test. Can I go back and delay my benefits until I'm of my full retirement age, or do I have to wait until my full retirement age to suspend the benefits? All right, so here's the the answer. If you earn enough that all of your benefits will be withheld, for the earnings test, okay? And we talked about the rules around that. If you make too much money, they, they take back your Social Security. So if you earn enough that all of your benefits will be withheld for the earnings test, you don't need to do anything to suspend. They'll do that for you automatically. Trust me, <laughs> okay? So they just do that. However, you do need to notify Social Security uh, of your expected earnings because they like to withhold benefits as the wages are earned, not pay them back not pay them, rather, and then have to uh, uh, take them back later when because of the over, you, you've made too much money. All right? So let them know. If you think you're going to make six figures, you're going to be over the number, then go ahead and let them know. Go on SSA.gov and, and tell them. All right, question number two. Um, my husband is 66, and he wants to file, and he doesn't work. I am 62 and working, and I want to collect my spousal benefit. Okay, so let me clarify this one. Uh, she can collect on her husband's benefit, but only after he has filed. So he has to file first, and he's 66 now, so he can't. 
I, as she says, I assume that I'd be hit with the earnings test, but I'm still confused on this topic. Do I have, do, do you have a long explanation of how this works that I can read and get this straight through the various scenarios? So I'm going to give you a long explanation, but it's going to be verbal. And if you want to hear it again, you can go and podcast the show. We have it on our website, rpoa.com, and uh, you can hear it again and take notes. Okay, so here in a nutshell, the earnings test affects the benefits received by or benefits paid off of the record of anyone who is under their full retirement age. Okay, so the, the earnings test is on anybody. If you're not your full retirement age and you're working, they test that. So in the example you gave this question, the spousal benefit paid off the husband's record would not be subject to the earnings test because he's over his full retirement age. So therefore, Very interesting. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> However, when the when the wife, because she's under her full retirement age, receives it, it would be subject to the earnings test based on her earnings. Okay, so she's going to be subject to it, not him, even though she's collecting on his. So also, the the spousal benefit paid off the wife's record would be subject to the earnings test if she is under her full retirement age and works, even if the husband, who is over his full retirement age, is receiving benefits and he does not work. In fact, even if he does work. All right, so two things there. I hope I've answered the question. But secondly, I hope I've illustrated how confusing this stuff is. And oh my gosh, do not do this at home. Talk to a professional, okay? That, that, that woman, if she, I, I don't even know if she understood what I just said, if she heard it 17 times. Talk with a professional who can help you to walk through the maze of Social Security and help you to make the right decision. Where can you find such a professional? Hmm, let me think. Maybe you should go to our website. It's rpoa.com. Oh, thank you, Master. <laughs> Jeannie, go to, your, go to the website. Click on Meet with an Advisor. Attend our Social Security Seminar. Meet with an advisor. That'll take you, and we'll schedule a time to visit with you. We'll help you make Social Security decisions, and we want to help you to do that. So take advantage. Go to our website, rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about why buy and hold could make you poor, and we don't want that. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. And we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am Senior Retirement Planner and Founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, <laughs> where'd you get that, Jack? That was actually, ladies and gentlemen, that's a recording of me on my first day on the job as a, as a financial uh, uh, planner. And uh, I was actually, I showed up in my loincloth. At the time, I was very buff and very proud of my physique. And uh, I was summarily sent home. I was told that loincloths are just not an appropriate attire when you're talking about uh, financial planning with people. So I learned my lesson. But uh, anyway, that's what that is. So we are back. Uh, this is Money Matters and uh, with Ken Morafe. I am your host. 
Ken Morafe, and I'm senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So what that means is, is that we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And you know, studies have shown that the happiest time of people's lives in the United States is between the ages of 65 and 75. That's, that's the happiest time. Believe it or not, it's the second happiest is when you're in college, if you were fortunate enough to do that. But, uh, yeah, so when you are about to retire or you are within your retirement, that 10-year period is a happy time. And we consider it to be your second childhood without parental supervision. We consider that to be the time for you to go play and have fun and enjoy. And you've worked hard for it. You've earned it. And we want to help facilitate that for you. Now, we have one big goal. We have two goals, actually. One is we want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And those two may sound like they're different, but if you have a strategy to address the first one, which is your money lasting as long as you do, then in theory, that should give you the peace of mind, which is part two. So they're kind of wrapped up in the same package. Now, how do we do that with our clients or how do we uh, endeavor to do that? How do we do our best to make that happen? We have a strategy called invest and protect. Invest and protect says that yes, you should buy, because if you don't buy investments, you don't have anything to help grow, to support you during your retirement, all that kind of stuff. If you don't have that, you ha- then you have a problem. Part two of that is, yes, you do need to hold. And we consider hold meaning that you, you uh, rebalance, you manage the investments, you, uh, you, know, you, you, you do all the management it takes while you're holding it. But we believe that if you stop right there, you're making a big mistake because there's a third part that we believe should be happening, and that is you should also sell. You should have a strategy. You're a persistent cuss, pilgrim. Well, Duke, I am. Absolutely. Because I, you know, my goal is to have people's money last as long as they do. And, and, and if you don't have that third part, which is the sell strategy, the protection strategy, then I believe that you have two legs of a three-legged stool. And if you have a, a, if you're missing a leg on the stool, then probably you have a very unstable stool. And let me tell you, you don't want to have unstable stool. That's not a good thing. That's bad. <laughs> Couldn't resist it, Jack. I'm sorry. He's giving me the face. Don't don't talk about stool on the show. This is a family show. All right, I won't talk about stool. But anyway, um, so we believe that buy, buy and hold could actually make you poor. And there are we've we've done many studies on this. And uh, you know if 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 and let me tell you why. Let's let's say that in January of 2000, I'm going to go back a ways, and I know, but you know, if it can happen once, it can happen again, and it has happened in the past. I'm just picking that one. But let's say in January of 2000, um, you had a million dollars, which is a nice nest egg. You're, you're, you're going to have a nice retirement. You think you have enough money. You're happy. You're secure. Everything's great. And then you have the bear market of Y2K that comes along, and you're fully invested, and you buy and hold through the whole thing. Well, guess what? It took two and a half years for your money to get back to even. It went down 49% at the, the S&P did from peak to trough in that bear market. So during that two and a half years, you have lost, first of all, about half your money if you were invested in an S&P index or in a stock market. Um, and then it takes another period of time to get back to even. If you're taking money out during all of that, do you know what you're doing? You're doing what farmers call eating your seed corn. And if you're taking money as your investments are falling in value, you have to sell more and more shares to get the same dollar. Hey, fellas, what's cooking? 
Ray. Curly's right. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> oh, it's Mo. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It's Mo. But anyway, so if you're taking money out while your investments are falling, you could actually use it all up. And then what could happen is that now growth season comes. Yeah, the market turns around and yes, everything's going to be fine. But guess what? You don't have any more money left. You spent it all. Now, that didn't just happen in Y2K. The same thing happened with the, the 2008 bear market. You know, in January of 2008, if you had a million dollars, it's almost the same story, except this bear market lasted a year and a half and not uh, the two and a half like the other one did. But be that as it may, if you're taking money out as your investments are dropping like a stone, first of all, you're not going to have peace of mind. I don't think so. Imagine your money's dropping by half of its value and you have to take out money while you're doing that. That has to be one of the most horrible experiences I could imagine that you could have financially. And that's not peace of mind at all. But it also violates our first uh, uh, decree, which is that we want your money to last as long as you do. So that's why in our firm, we believe that you don't just buy and hold. You buy, you hold, and you protect. And our strategy is called invest and protect. And for those that, speaking of 2008, you guys know, we've said it before, our strategy said to sell in November of 2007 and to stay out for all of 2008. Uh, our clients who followed our advice and those of you listening to the show who followed our advice didn't lose money during the 2008 uh, cr uh, the, the credit crisis and the crash cool. because, because you were out of the market at that time. And during the pandemic, when the, pan the literally the day before the pandemic was officially announced, our strategy said to get out and sell all your equities. And we did that we, for our clients. So protecting what you've got, we believe, let me put it a different way. We have an investment principle that says that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. Okay, We're not here to make you rich quick. We're here to keep you from becoming poor. So if that philosophy resonates with you, if that makes sense to you, then what I encourage you to do is go to our website. We have lots of uh, resources available to you there. We have, uh, it's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And when you're there, you can sign, you can attend our seminars. They're free, designed for those of you over 50. You can watch our videos. You can listen to podcasts. And also you can uh, visit with one of our retirement planners as well. And they can build a plan with you. No charge or obligation. All these resources are available. But as Tom Cruise said in that movie a few years ago, help me to help you. <laughs> I can't help you if you don't go to the website and, and take advantage of those resources. So the website, again, is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why leaving everything to your spouse could be a very big mistake. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. Well, you're right. We help people either get to retirement or we help people to stay in retirement. That's our goal. And uh, we work with people who are within five years of retirement, people who are within five years of their retirement. So that decade, the single most important financial decade of your entire financial life in our view. And uh, so that's where we work. And our website is all about that. The show is all about that. We Everything we do is to have you enjoy your second childhood without parental supervision. That's what we call your Yes, Gomer, that's what we call your retirement. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And that's normally what we talk about in this segment, which is estate planning. However, this week we're not going to talk about the greedy, unwashed. No, we're going to talk about the very generous and the very clean spouse. Your spouse says you've, you've, you've hosed them off. They're clean. And uh, so we don't, we're going to talk about that this week. And we're going to talk about why leaving everything to your spouse 
could be a big mistake. What? Are you kidding? No, I kid you not. But first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire Yes, and of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. And you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. We do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. So this week, we're talking about why leaving everything to your spouse could be a big mistake. So let me go over where the the problems are with doing that. Okay, so the first one under current law is probably not a problem for just about everybody listening to the show, but I've been doing this long enough. I started in this business in 1988. So I've been doing this long enough where I've seen where the estate tax has affected a lot more people than they do today. So if you leave everything to your spouse, here's what happens. Let's say, and I'm at my favorite number is a million dollars when I use examples. So let's say that we have a married couple. She has a million, he has a million, their total estate is $2 million, okay? So husband dies first, as men do, and what happens is he leaves the million dollars to his wife. What is the size of her estate now? It's $2 million. And now $2 million is subject to estate taxes and all the rest of that. Now, suppose instead of leaving it to his wife, he had set up what's called a marital trust or a B trust. There's lots of names for it, but basically it's a trust for his half of the estate. Then what would happen upon his death, the trust gets his million, the wife still has hers. What's the size of her estate now? It's a million dollars. Therefore, only a million dollars of the estate will be subject to estate taxes. Now, by doing that, did he take the wife out of the equation? Does she have no access to the money? Is she now out in the cold on that million dollars that he that he had? No. The trust can allow for her to have full access, to spend it as she wishes, to be the trustee. She has control over that money. She has access. No harm, no foul. But you've cut the estate in half when it comes to estate taxes. That's number one. The other problem with, uh, there's several problems. The, other, uh, pro- the, the next problem to look at is that if you leave everything to your spouse, then the portion that was yours is now subject to your spouse getting remarried, your spouse getting sued in a lawsuit, your your spouse declaring bankruptcy, your spouse mismanaging the money. All those things could happen. And if your spouse gets all that, then what happens is he or she, you know, could have a situation where they go bankrupt or have a situation where they're in a lawsuit. And now the entire money is subject to this issue when instead what could happen is that half of it's in the trust and the other half is in the spouse in your wife or husband's estate and the the part that's in the trust it's not going to be subject to bankruptcy or lawsuits or divorce because trusts don't divorce anybody they don't they they don't do things to people they're just a trust it has its bank account it's an investment account it has money in it so there's, there's no harm no foul to that money there and you've protected that so Leaving everything to your spouse could be a big mistake, and setting up a trust for the benefit of your spouse is maybe a good idea for you to consider. Those trusts have a really crazy-sounding name. They're called Qualified Terminal Interest 
property trusts. Q-tips for short, like the thing you stick in your ear, a Q-tip. So you may want to consider that. Talk to an attorney about it and see if it's right for you. Now, as I mentioned, uh, our firm is Retirement Planners of America. So what that means is, is that we want to help people who are within five years of retirement or who are already retired in the first five years of their retirement. If you are in that 10-year period, you are in the single most important decade of your entire financial life in our view. And the reason why we say that is because the decisions you make during that decade are going to affect you the rest of your life. And many of them, you cannot go back and change. Decisions about Social Security, decisions about retiring in the first place. Once you retire, it's really hard to go back to work. Decisions about where you're going to get your money from, decisions on how you invest. All those decisions are super, super important. And also, protecting against big losses, as I've talked about earlier in this show, we believe is an extreme extremely important part of your retirement planning also. So if you're in that decade, what I encourage you to do is go to our website. It's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. Now, when you're there, you have all kinds of things you can do there. One is you can subscribe to this show. I encourage you to do that. We've got tens of thousands of people now subscribing to the show. It is fantastic. I love it. Also, attend our seminars. Learn. Educate yourself. Very important in my view. And also, if you want to, which I think you should, is click on meet with an advisor and we'll schedule a time. We'll visit with you. We'll help you build your plan. No charge or obligation. All there for you. That's too wonderful to be true. Well, Dorothy, it's not too wonderful to be true because it is true. So ladies and gentlemen, go to our website, rpoa.com and uh, enjoy. Well, you know what? This show's over already. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. It's only the beginning. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Moray or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.